Did you know that 90% of people who start a fitness program quit after only three months? So why do so many of us fail? Why is it so hard for us to follow through with our fitness and for that matter, our life goals? In this new edition of the Regenerative Warrior Program, I sit down with Billy Beck III. Billy is a two-time winner of the world's best personal trainer contest. He's a trainer for celebrities like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and he's currently the exclusive trainer for Tony Robbins. He will help us recalibrate our focus to not just look at a certain way, but to connect to the best parts of ourselves. That's what's next on the Regenerative Warrior Program. Welcome to the Regenerative Warrior Podcast, Doctor's Edition, one of the fastest growing regenerative medicine and anti-aging podcasts in the world. Each and every Tuesday and Thursday, I talk to the top experts to show doctors how to market, manage, and magnify their practice to help more people and make more money. Each episode is short and to the point without wasting your time with pointless conversation. Learn the skills to be successful without traveling to seminars or paying for expensive consulting fees. Are you ready? Because I am. I'm Dr. Ross Carter, and it's time to start the Regenerative Warrior Podcast now. Welcome to the Regenerative Warrior Podcast. My name is Dr. Ross Carter. Today's special guest is Billy Beck III. Welcome to the podcast today. Good to see you. It's a pleasure. pleasure. Thanks for having me on here. My, my pleasure, too. I've known you for a long time, actually. How, when was the first time Probably we met? Three years, wouldn't you say? It has, three years from it has Tony, been a while. Tony Robbins. Yep. I guess I, you know, you're always interviewing other people, but I'd like to say this about you oh. because people don't get to hear about you. But since I've met you, there's very few people that they become successful and then they stop learning. And you're the exact opposite. Like you continue to get better and like you decided to become an expert in all things stem cells, regenerative medicine. And from the time I met you till now, like three years, you've probably tripled or quadrupled your knowledge in it. And you always provide information. Like yeah. you do the recon for us, you find you find the information and then you know, and then you you don't do it from biased place. Like you have no alternative motives. Like when you ask information from certain people, uh, you know, I vet a lot of people to see like, okay, who are we gonna use, who are we not gonna use? And they, you know, a lot of times, without even knowing, I think it's unconscious, I don't think there's bad people, but I think they have intentions that are self-serving, and they're not looking for the greater good, and that's not, you don't have that in you, man, and I really appreciate that about you. Wow! <laughs> this has started off really well. <laughs> <laughs> that was unplanned, it just Thank happened. you, I appreciate that. Well, uh, as you said, we're at Tony Robbins' house right mm -hmm. now, and you are, you've worked with lots of celebrities mm -hmm. on just all different areas. I mean, nutrition, mm -hmm. uh, getting their body in shape, staying in shape. Mm -hmm. You've worked with lots of different celebrities, but right now you primarily work with uh, Tony Robbins, right? Yeah, and um, you know, it started off, I was a personal trainer, yep. and I was an athlete, a big personal trainer, I loved to work out. And so well, wait a second, you weren't just a personal trainer. At first I was. You were, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, because you've yeah. won uh, like the the number one world's best yeah. personal trainer like two years. Yeah, there's two. They had it for two years, and I won it both years. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 cool because it was a real thing. It was like, uh, you know, people say, this is the top accountant. This is right. the top doctor, but there's yeah. no way of knowing that. It's just like, they're good at what they do. That's what they should say, right? right? But with this, there was actually like a tournament style. Like you had, you had to train clients for 12 weeks, sub 
measure them, get to interview them first, send it in, then actually document everything for 12 weeks and then send it back in to see if you actually get results. And then unbeknownst to you, they have like 16 finalists yep. and they fly you to California and then you go in a room and there's all the people you've learned from, hopefully learned from, uh, but like all the experts and they grill you really? and they ask you those questions to make sure it wasn't a fluke because sometimes you just get lucky with a client. You right. just get the perfect client that's willing to do all the work. Uh, but that's that's how that contest was and out of like 25,000 people that entered it. I was uh, 25,000? Yeah. Yep. And you were number one yeah, and two that, times. Yeah. And that's, so, an, that's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. It was, uh, it, there's some luck there, but uh, I'm, I'm the luckiest person I know. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how people call what people call hard work mm -hmm. luck. Yeah. You're just really uh, lucky. There, there's, yeah. a, there's some grace in it. That, just the way it happened, right? Like, uh, I, just to know that that was going on, for one, and entering in time, where there's some people that didn't do it. So right. am I really the world's best trainer? Probably not. Not everyone entered it. Right. But it's really good for marketing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, you were doing that for, for a while, and then mm -hmm. how did you get involved in this lifestyle? Yeah. Um, well, I've always trained. I've always, like I said, the luckiest person in the world. Uh, you know, I've always... People have found me that were always successful, whether it's professional athletes or uh, The Rock, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I trained for like six or seven years. Wow! Uh, I've always been around people like that my whole life. Even like my football coaches when I was a kid, they all had Super Bowl rings on their hands. They all played for the Pittsburgh Steelers during the time they were, you know, world champions. Right. And so, like, I've just been really blessed in that. That Blake and like you know Tony says proximity's power. You are the people you spend the most time with, and I've always hang out with awesome people, and so it helps me out, you know, because I wasn't born naturally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you just became awesome. I, yes, exactly. It's a constant <laughs> a evolution of, of awesomeness. Yeah, a lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. And then, so, uh, after working with mm -hmm. some of those celebrities, mm -hmm. then you uh, narrowed it down a little bit. Yeah, well, I always want to work with people that help a lot of people. So, my uh -huh. goal is always to increase, you know, my mission statement and my company is to make the world even more awesome and if I were to make that sound nice. even better it's to raise the consciousness of humanity so how can I make the world much better by making humans better as a whole and and it's so much easier when you find somebody that's doing that and how can I optimize them how can I support that person and so I have a, a you know a group of clientele that's what they do is they are their mission is to make the world a better place and then I support them behind the scenes now we don't have to be in the spotlight and deal with stuff like that and, uh, right. I prefer to operate more stealth, and uh, and, and I get yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot more uh, efficient because I don't have to do all the hard work they do. <laughs> right. So then you um, you met up with Tony somewhere. Yeah, I started learning from Tony when I was a kid. Okay. Like when I was like twelve. I got right. his tapes, and uh, I I wasn't very good at baseball, and I wanted to good, get good at baseball, and so yeah. I listened to his programs. I trained all year round, and I played in the uh, Pony League World Series, and uh, I was a big goal of mine at the time, and uh, and I realized how much of it was mental, and so I been learning from him since forever yeah. and then uh, when I met him it was like I already knew him and so we just took it off and became good friends ever since right mm -hmm. and so then you started working with him yeah yeah so I started training him uh, first and then we became friends I would say and and um, you know I travel with him now I live across the street from him and so it's like we do everything together and uh, you know it's a uh, uh, people would pay to do, be me probably you know what I mean like pay right. to hang out with people Absolutely. do I think actually like for charity stuff but yeah. I get to do it every day so <laughs> now how long have you been uh, working with Tony uh, I think five six years something like that so what would you say would be the the some of the biggest takeaways that you've mm -hmm. learned 
since those five years of, of working with him. Yeah, wow. So there's a lot. I know there's a lot. Yeah, of so one of the things I wrote down, I saw this in my notes, like in 2009, I wrote down like what I want to do with my life. And I said, you know, I want to travel the world, meet the best of the best in all their different respective fields because there's barriers between different industries and, and uh, geographical things. Like the way people train in Kazakhstan is different the way they train in Connecticut. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so like to learn all those things, break down those barriers and create a unified theory of human performance and optimization. And that's what I've been doing because Tony's that way with everything. He wants to meet the best. Wherever we go, we have a mean with whoever's the best at something. If I read a book and I start telling something about that, he goes, all right, let's meet him. <laughs> and that's what we do. So uh, I've learned so much from that. But I would say the most, the thing that he's a master of that's probably rubbed off on me is how do you get people to follow through on what they're going to say? Like people make promises to themselves all the time. Right. And then they don't follow through and they say it's willpower. I don't have the time. They have all these excuses. And at the end of their life, they look back and they're like, man, I, I regret these things. And if you could just take that part out, then there are no regrets. That's how you, you create a life that's worth living. So do you have like any steps that would yeah. help someone to live without regrets. Yeah, I think you get really clear on who you are and what you stand for. Mm -hmm. And not that there's anything wrong with something that you say you stand for this and someone stands for that. It doesn't mean they're wrong. And I think that's part of it. It's like, how do you look at everyone as as one, like oneness, and not judge other people? So if, if I were to like keep it super simple, sure. like for, you know, cause some people are shooting for the world, like Elon Musk, he's doing big things, right? Like Giant. not everyone's made for that. You right. know? And, uh, and But like every human, I would say there's certain laws and one of them is to, is to treat yourself right and treat others right. And the first thing you got to do is you got to believe in something bigger than yourself. Because just from a mental perspective, if you think it's you against the world, that's overwhelming. So just that thought triggers, puts you in a stress state. Right. So all of a sudden, your, your biochemistry changes. So something goes wrong, you have a problem, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, it's just me all by myself with all these problems. I have a lawsuit. I got someone angry at me. Uh, my boss is mad. I might lose my job or I did lose my job or I don't have enough money to pay my bills. And that's like stressful. But if you, the common thing that I've seen in people that are happy, yes. successful and fulfilled is they believe in something bigger themselves, whether they call it God or the universe or whatever. Like, I, and, and that's like taboo to talk about that. Like, oh, you're not supposed to mention that. And I'm like, that's what's true. That's what I found to be true. And so that's what I talk about. And, uh, and so that is a common thing and it just if you think of it like that's overwhelming to think it's, it's like you versus every obstacle but when you know like there's like a few beliefs that really serve everybody and one of them is everything happens for your benefit and it's designed to serve you whether it's a launching pad to your success or it's a lesson you have to learn to get to the next level right and that's like growth is really the key it's like how can I improve a little bit every day and I improve in, in two areas how can I improve my health how can I improve my abilities like to help people my abilities to serve and how can I serve people in a way where I, I enjoy it too where it's not work like if you can do that, then everything else, it's like life's a game. It's no longer like life is so hard. Life right. is this thing. Life is a battle. Right. Like that's, that's no, no one wants to wake up to that. No. So you want to have those beliefs and cultivate those beliefs. So the things that I do that's different when I train people is uh, people fail to get results when they train because they're focused on the external. And what do you mean so, by that? So, you know, Tony says, right, this is, he I found all these looming beliefs in people, right? And then Tony's like, is the master simplifying things. And he was like, yeah, you're right. It's just those two. Yeah. Everyone has the same two limiting beliefs. They, they have different labels with them, but it's that I'm not enough. And if I'm not enough, I won't be loved. So say someone's overweight. 
or okay. they, some people aren't overweight. They just feel like they need to be in better shape or look a certain way. Okay. And so they're training to get to that place, to get that number on the scale, or to look whatever they think is the ideal. And from there, what happens is every day they wake up, they're like, I'm not there yet. I'm not good enough. That's what they're telling themselves. As they train, they look in the mirror, they're like, I'm not good enough. And so with that repetition, you create programming, you create a belief system. So what I do is I make it about the process. So that's an outcome. Like I want to weigh 500 pounds, you know, and right. I weigh 1,000 pounds now. Oh, yeah. I use giant numbers. <laughs> that's, right? a, that's a really because large if number. Say, if I say 150 pounds, that number, that number symbolizes something to some people, yeah. and that's a really good number for some, and it's a terrible number for all. Just so everyone can hear me, right. these are giant numbers because yeah. no, the numbers don't matter. Right. So like when you're training for an external goal, something that in the future, when this happens, then I'll be good enough. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be able to, I'll be worthy. Right. And so that, so a lot of times exercise and eating, eating different. Differently, uh, make someone worse off mentally. And so what we want to do is take this, take training and eating right, and start to create a new belief system. A belief system that expands someone's, that connects them to their high self, the real them. Because when you're born, you go through a period of time where you're learning how to survive in the world. Because like other animals are born and they have like claws and fangs. Uh, we don't have any of those things. No. You know, we're pretty much helpless. And so right. we have to be raised. And we start to learn from the people around from the age of zero to seven and develop beliefs and rules of how to survive. And so what happens is if we never take ownership of those, we're stuck with those our whole lives. And what helped you when you were four years old may not help you when you're 40 years old no. or 84 years old. And you're just reacting to things. You're like, I don't even know why I act like that. doesn't make any sense. Uh -huh. And it's because we need to take your beliefs and make them set up so you can win, so you can enjoy life, so you can achieve whatever you want. You can help a lot of people on the way and you have a life of no regret. And so when I have, have someone train, first we get clear in that, like, hey, I don't, we're going to train for six months. Okay. And we're gonna, you're going to train six times a week. Mm -hmm. And you're going to train for 20, 30 minutes. Because what we're going to do is we're going to, we want you, we're not going to train you for an hour. Like, if I'm a professional athlete, I'm trained that way because it's about performance. Right. But if I want to get, I want someone to be better throughout the day. I don't want to train to the point where they're exhausted all day and they suck at everything else. Their relationships suck. Yeah. They're making terrible financial decisions. They're not doing good at work. But they have nice abs. Right. They got nice abs. <laughs> And, that's, and then they're, they're not going to be able to afford the food they need or the gym membership after that, right? So at 20 minutes in the workout, the hormones, your vitality hormones, we'll call it to yeah. simplify it, like yeah. testosterone growth hormone, they're at their highest uh -huh. compared to your stress hormones. We'll just call it cortisol yeah. to make it simple. And, uh, and that ratio is where you feel really good when the vitality hormones are high and the stress hormones are low. Mm -hmm. As you get to about 40 minutes, they intersect. And then after that, your stress hormones supersede your vitality hormones. Okay. And now you're in the hole. And right. so now you have to recover. So what would happen if you took it to 20, 30 minutes of intense training? Right. Intensity trumps duration. The intensity is what's needed. Challenge creates change. Most people do half-ass workouts. They don't get the result. But when you do it properly and you have the right mindset, which I'll teach you next, uh, it changes everything. Now you do that, you stop when you're physiologically, you're Vitality hormones, your energy hormones, your those hormones that give you the the attitude that right. allows you to crush it are so much lower stress hormones. Now you stop, 
and then you fuel your body and then you carry out your day. Now that's a different perspective. You're in a different state. It's like you're at a Tony Robbins event. Right. right? But yeah. that's what I want to do. I want people to wake up. I want them to connect to their high self and then stop that and then get a vision of the rest of the day and carry that with them the rest of the day. And so the way we do that is when they first start, they set an intention for lack of better words. But it's basically saying, what do you want? Like today, you know, my big goal is in my life, I want to change people's lives. Okay. And I want to make my life as best as I can. I want to live a life in the I don't want to live in fear. I want to live in faith and strength and courage and honor. That's who I am. And those words can be different for someone else. That's what I do, right? And then from there, I'm setting that tension. I said, and today in this workout, I'm going to push my limits. And that's not every day. There's days where you have flow workouts. That's a fight workout, I would call it. Right. Like where you're really challenging it and you build, get a bit shift gears. But I say, today, I'm going to push my limits. Last week, I did 10 reps on this. This week, I'm going to do 11. And if I don't get 11, I'm going to put in, I'm going to get an extra rep no matter what. I mean, pause, rest 30 seconds to get it, but I will get it. And I will be proud of myself when I'm doing this workout because I didn't let myself down. I'm making a promise to myself today and I'm going to keep it. And then, and as you're working out, you're saying, I'm a lion, not a lamb. I am faith. I am strength. I am honor. I, nothing can break me. You know? And uh -huh. whatever those words are for you, but I have different ones for my clients, but there's like certain core beliefs um, I, we, we, we decide on for the client and then we install them when they train. So now they're not training to look a certain way. That's a side effect. But what you're doing is you're waking up to connect to the best parts of you and to make that when you like after you do that say six times a week for three four months you just wake up that way and then you crave it but that's how you really make training and nutrition a part of you because if you're doing it so that you can achieve this thing in the future uh, it's you're not, you're not it's gonna be something you have to do it's not something you get to choose to do or want to do and so that's the thing that I've really discovered over the years that had made training when not just to get changed because I was really good at getting before and after pictures and all that stuff but then I was like man not everyone's keeping the results right. like man that sucks like they work so hard why would they stop and then and then they would just a lot of them just give up and some would you know a small percentage I said what's the difference between the people that are sticking to it mm -hmm. and the ones that are just letting it all go after they work so hard and the big thing was it's what they focus on are they internally driven like I'm doing this so I can feel good so I can be my best so I can serve the greater good or am I doing it because I don't feel like I'm enough and I need to look this certain way in order to feel like I'm enough and really that's a selfish motive if you think about it it's yeah. a motive of the uh, the metaphor I use is a, a lion and a lamb and I mentioned that a second yeah, ago I heard that. and so uh, a lamb is a like a lamb as a creature, by design, is almost like a human where there's no way to protect itself. So, and lambs are cute. They're innocent. They're just being a lamb. So there's nothing wrong with lambs. And so, but when they grow up, they become a sheep. Right. Now, the way a sheep survives is it lives in a flock with all its homies, right? right. So it's got your family in there, probably your friends, I'm guessing, right? Sure. And then they all live together. Why? Because they love each other? No. Because they are fear-driven. And the only way for them to survive is when a coyote comes or a wolf comes. They jump to get to the center of the flock so they don't get taken. Wow. So basically, it's the most selfish creature there is. And then a dude with a stick and a dog can control hundreds of them. Right. Like that's how a lot of people live their lives. Yes. And so, so that's just a metaphor of like how, like the default sometimes we developed when we were kids. And it's no one's fault, but once you know it, you have to take ownership of it. And from there, you can be who you were meant to be. Like, a, and I use the term lion because a lion has a presence to it. So I remember seeing this video. Uh, someone sent it to me a long time ago, and uh, it was like group of like safari guys, you know, like some. Uh, 
accountants and attorneys went on this group and they had a guide who was obviously skilled and knew what they were doing there in yeah. Africa and then they already shot this line it's wounded and it's sitting out there probably like 50 meters away and they're lined up shooting at it and they're missing it like they don't know what they're a bunch of cities so they don't know what they're doing right. I'm from the country so I can shoot a weapon right? I mean, so right. I'm like looking at it I'm like what are you doing it's like a defenseless animal you're just shooting it there it's right. a, a spectacular beast why would you shoot that thing and uh, that's just my opinion but there's reasons people do things and uh, and so all of a sudden this lion's like you know what I'm going to die eh, I'm going to go for it and it freaking starts charging at him it's like oh Oh, it's like getting close to shooting or missing. The guys are getting like a little like, oh, I yeah. don't know what to do. All of a sudden, this thing is there. It jumps and it comes within millimeters of one of the guys. And the, 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 the guide shoot boom, shoots it. Lion runs off, runs back, mounts another charge. With like riddled with bullet holes. Wow. Like, and that's like saying, okay, and what is that a metaphor for? It's a metaphor like when everything is stacked against you. When you really don't have any, uh, you are just like, man, like this is not going well for me. And you're in a place of fear. Like that fight, flight, or freeze mechanism kicks in. Who are you then? Because that's who you really are. That's your character. So if you can train that to not run, to not like freeze in fear, but to fight. I don't mean like, oh, attack. I mean be your best. Right. Like dip in. Can you stay in your heart when everyone else is hating on you? Can you stay in your heart when, you know, it looks like you're going to be defeated and then still make strong decisions? Because when you make decisions out of fear from your head and you're not aligned with your heart, that's where you make decisions of regret. And so I use training as a way of programming that to not to change people, but that's who they were born. When you were a baby, that's what you were meant to be. Then you had to grew up in this environment where you had to develop beliefs to survive and you're watching like Yogi Bear you're watching cartoons you're getting right. beliefs from that you're getting beliefs from everything around you you know what you're doing but they're not conscious you didn't design them but you can design them that's why people go to Tony's events and that's why yeah. it's such an honor to work with him because yeah. I'm like if I can help one human that is selfless that helps more people than anybody I've ever seen with behind the scenes like he feeds 500 million people so far he's going to feed a billion his whole goal now is to feed a billion every year sustainably like that's what he's doing then we go Amazing. on trips like this guy doesn't have to work like people understand like he doesn't have to work on a day in his life right. he is the hardest working person I've met in my life right. like he makes me look lazy right. you know what I mean and then like he does like I'll give you an example we were on a plane uh huh and there's a newspaper. He's reading newspaper. This guy's like a sponge for information. Uh -huh. his, he's not human. I think he's a cyborg. Yeah, his brain, is. like, is at a different level. Like his intelligence, like. Well, I've seen it, that in movies. That yeah. they, 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 he's, a, he's an alien of some kind. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, he's reading a thing. There's a story about this like 98 year old woman that uh, is getting kicked out of her apartment oh. because her uh, social security check isn't up to pay her rent. And and so Tony's like, huh. Let's find out about her. So we found out more information about her. We flew there to meet her. No way. And Tony says, you know what? You have nothing to worry about ever again. He First he sat down and just treated her like a human. And spent, we were probably there for a couple hours. And this lady was just so lit up that someone was taking the time to like talk to her. And he's telling her, she used to be like a show, a show dancer or something. Like She had a really interesting life. And, uh, and he says, you know, you have nothing to worry about. All, all your bills will always be paid. And then she needed a TV, like, you know, she had a little TV, mm -hmm. and, like, her vision wasn't good, so she couldn't see stuff. Right. So, got this giant TV, too. He just, but it's like, <laughs> and, like, it lights him up. That's what he lives for. And so, for so me awesome. to be able to help him every day is an honor. Wow, what a, what a privilege. Yeah, I mean, it's, it well, you know, you, you are where you are because mm -hmm. of who you are. You know, I mean, you, you guided this and you made it happen. So it's it's a 
brilliant thing. Yeah, I, got I think that the the idea of really knowing what you do it for, and not because of an external goal. I like it because mm -hmm. it's part of who you are is more of as, as an identity. Yeah, I, I really I, I love that yeah. idea. And I think everyone has that capacity. Even the worst people in the world, they were born babies. They were innocent, and then that first part of their life like shaped them. You yeah. know what I mean? And then maybe they may become a monster, like done terrible things. Right. But at their core, that's not who they are. Like, but they had to learn to become that. And you have to have some sort of compassion in order, in order to heal people. And sometimes you just like, um, you know, I talk to homeless people all the time just because I'm like, man, they just need someone to see that they're human. And, and you'll, you'll see it changes them. And it's just like, I'll just be like, hey, man, well, how, you know, how'd you come homeless? And they'll tell you the crazy stories. Like, you know what? I just uh, lost my job and I wanted to save money, so I slept in my car one night. And so it, it was like, you know, the, everyone, if you can treat people as humans the way you would want to be treated, and they say in the Bible, the golden rule, treat people uh, the way you want to be treated. And, uh, and it's, we all heard it, but how many of us live it? And the first part is you got to treat yourself right and you got to take care of yourself and a lot of people like i want to achieve like when i achieve this big goal then i'll be enough it's like no you got to take care of your health you got to develop the belief systems like you got to have a clear vision of who you want to be in your life and then train that every day wake your ass up when you don't feel like it because real success is to be able to have a goal that you commit to yourself and then do what needs to be done even when you don't feel like it because people let their feelings dictate their actions and inactions way too much right and that's the one thing everyone has to master whether you're a mom or a kid or a grandparent or you're the president of the United States or you're a janitor everyone needs to develop that skill because then you can contribute in a way where you're proud of yourself and you can really make a difference in the world you know I was thinking about it since you have access like to the, the highest level people mm -hmm. in the world you know, when you say that even if somebody has a goal of just being rich mm -hmm. and they think that rich, being mm -hmm. rich equals happiness, right. what would you say to people who think that? I'll say being rich really helps you to be happy in some ways. Yeah, <laughs> it does, it I've, I've been on both sides of this. And right. uh, when you don't have money, it's really tough because you are in a survival state. But does, being, does making money make you happy? Well, if anything outside of you will not make you happy. You right. make you happy. It's the, it's the beliefs you have and the beliefs you have about others, about yourself and others that will make you happy or not so you could be poor or rich and still mm -hmm. be happy it's Absolutely. not they shouldn't be related yep. and there's nothing and I want, I want to make sure I don't say this in a way where people think it's wrong to be wealthy or to mm -hmm. achieve big things or you know because like people say oh they're so selfish they're just doing this it's not true that is Absolutely important. We're all here to grow and to make a difference. And people are here for different things. Like some people are designed, are here to start McDonald's. And people are like, well, McDonald's is bad food. It's like, you know what? It's nutrition. And it's cheap. And some people can't afford really good food yet. Right. You know what I mean? So there's nothing wrong with anything. Like not to judge. And if there's, there's something called judgment and discernment. Judgment is when you're, it's because you don't feel good about yourself. So you're judging others to bring them down. So you feel, you try to elevate yourself. But right. you didn't elevate yourself Never. you just made your perception of those people lower right. it, ha it had no effect on them it right. only affected you and then discernment is okay like say like you're going to hire someone in a business and you're like you know what i you know they have the qualifications but they um you know you know when i talk to their referrals like or i talk to their friends or whatever it was like there's certain laws about these things but you get it but like what you're going to say is like there's something about it that doesn't feel right and they and their temper is like they're very angry so something doesn't feel right and i think they're a really good person i would like to refer them 
to this position instead of the one that we're hiring for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the sermon. It's not, you're not laden like, this person's an idiot. They're a hothead. We shouldn't hire them. You know what I mean? Right. And you should always be like, give them the benefit of the doubt and redirect it. Like, how can I help heal this person for, like, I think that's the word you want to use. Like, you want to heal them because there's something in them that they're hurting. Like, they're in pain. And that's why, like, anger, all anger is hurt. So when someone's hurt, it may have been something that happened as a kid. It could have happened like that person just got divorced and now they're lashing out because they don't want to be hurt again. And so like to see them through the eyes of God, like how would God see them? It's not an easy thing to do, but it's a, a great goal to have. Beautifully said. Thank, Thank you, you for that. That was great. That was beautiful. <laughs> so if somebody, uh, so basically if somebody wanted to talk more, ask you questions or get in contact with mm-hmm. you in any way, what would be the best way to do that? But if they want more information and stuff, where I do share stuff is How about this? billybeck.com. Okay. Yeah. So you have a you have yep. a website? Yep. Social media. What about social media? Do you social media? Uh, not really. Okay. So just, just your <laughs> I have website. Instagram if they want to go on there. I actually check that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so billybeck.com. Yep. And they can find more of your information and education. Yep. And I wrote a book. It's on Amazon called uh, Lean to Mean. I've, re- I've read this mm-hmm. book. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Thank you. Man. The Oh Shit Zone. Is that what that is? Oh, that's Oh Shit Factor. That's the Oh Shit yeah. Factor. It's how you determine. It's a simple way of taking something complicated, like how much muscles are activated in different exercises. So you can have a, you can choose exercises that give you the most bang for your buck. It's a great book. You mm-hmm. have to read it. It, was, it made me laugh. Mm-hmm. I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it so you can read it like in an hour. Too. That's the key. You know, it, it, has, it contains a great information mm-hmm. that, that you really need to hear. So I appreciate beautiful. that, brother. So thank you so much mm-hmm. for taking the time. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Ross. Thank you so much. That's all for today. We look forward to seeing you on the next podcast.